Welcome to the New Day Podcast, where we talk about life and how to deal with what it throws at you. Now, it's show five already. Uh, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, today's topic, setting personal boundaries or personal limits. I've I've seen it described both ways. Right. And both were good description. That's good. So I'm Ian. I'm here in Salt Lake City, Utah, lifelong learner with a passion about communication technology and finding my zen. And as always... I'm Angela. I'm a student and purveyor of life. I've had many different careers from career coach, professional trainer, retail big box management. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom slash grandma and future college student. Life coach right now is probably what <laughs> yes. I call it for yeah. mom, grandma. It's, it's, it's true. Personal boundaries. This one we found a lot to unpack here. I, I so, think you and I initially went into this and went, I, I don't know there's going to be that much, but we'll see where it goes. Exactly. And it, we felt like it built on what we've talked about in the last few episodes. Limits and boundaries are they're, they're rules that we set for ourselves and for others. Yes. Kind of like a limit of spacing between you and another person where you begin and the other person ends finding that boundary so that you're not tied to another person for your happiness, I guess. These are hard limits. Oh, they are. These these are limits that you really can't be negotiating on with on people. You you can't approach it from a, well, I I'm going to try this, and if it works, great. If not, I'm going to go back. No, you can't do that. They have to be hard limits. Because if you waver in them, you you don't get the true benefits. Agreed. You approach it from a... Well, I, I guess I don't have to do it. Yeah. I, and I think you and I both have been through that. Yes, in more ways than I can even count, honestly. So it, it, you'll have people that will test you oh, on this. Oh, yeah. And I found three categories as, as I went through these. These three categories kept popping up. So one, manipulators. Oh, yes. Second, narcissists. Oh, that's a tough one, yes. It's all, all about me. And <laughs> yeah. And whether or not they know they're a narcissist or a manipulator, right? There, and there's they, some people that do it unknowingly. They don't know they are, and until you start to set those limits and boundaries, they're not going to know. And so. sociopaths. Ah, oh, that's a tough one too. Because honestly, sadly, I've known a few. Oh, I, I would be surprised if anybody hasn't. Known and there's any. some true because I think when you hear sociopath, you think murderer, <laughs> serial killers, but there's no. some worse than others. <laughs> there are, yes. Now, these rules, these boundaries, these limits, whatever you, whatever phrase you want to put on it, these are there to protect you. Yes. The, these are what we should do to protect ourselves and also define who we are. Oh, yeah. I mean, and this is where we'll tie back to being honest with yourself, which mm-hmm. was our last week's episode. Making it part of your personal it, code. Right. I mean, once you're honest with yourself and who you are and what you want to portray yourself as... Setting personal limits will become easier because you know what you can and can't do and what you have the energy for, honestly. I grouped mine into three areas, and I know you have three different areas. So the areas I found were physical rules, mental rules, and emotional rules. And you found a different area in how you grouped them. Right. I did personal life, career, and peer were the three I did. I feel like they both build on each other a little bit, so I was kind of glad we both kind of went off in a different direction with this. I think they they mesh. They do. With that. They do. Um, Personal life and relationships is one we definitely can all relate to. Mm -hmm. You know, from marriage to dating kids, your relationship with the kids, and these can all be considered personal relationships. Relationships, I think, of a, a spouse or significant other. Yes. Family. Yes friends mm-hmm. and you you can become the more acquaintance and and there, I put that degrees. in the yeah and I put that in the peer would be um you know from your religious relationships you know release society president in this community or your school PTA things like that and some of your friendships you're more what's the word I'm looking for you're you're not as you're not your BFF relationships <laughs> Well, so let's let's step back a little bit more and, and yes. kind of go more into the what. Yes, I kind of jumped ahead. On this. First and foremost, we as a person are defined by who we are and the relationships we have. I would agree with that, yeah. And we need to value ourselves and what our goals are. And by doing that, we get others to value them as well. Agreed. That was a lesson that I have definitely learned the hard way in some respects, but I... Uh, 
being honest with myself, staying true to myself, setting some goals for the future, I have drawn into my life the people that support those things in me. And that's great. And it's very freeing. And I expend less energy in those relationships because they come easier. As we do this, they show self-respect and integrity they to do. ourselves and others. I think people, I, you and I have been through, uh, again, an evolution over the last probably <laughs> seven, five to seven years. Easily. Yeah. Through this. And I find that people actually treat me a little differently than what they used to. Uh-huh. They, they yeah. have figured out as I have started to put rules in place yes. and boundaries. Boundaries, yeah. That people know where they can and can't go with me anymore. Yeah. And I'm there too. And I think people consider you to be more honest, true, because you're true to yourself. If you're true to yourself, you're going to be truthful with them. You're going to be true to, to who they need you to be. It's, there's a lot to be said for finding yourself first so that you can set these boundaries. So going through a little bit more of, of this process, the what, the how yeah. on this, first and foremost, these are going to require you prioritize yourself in this process. Yeah, yeah. And... People need to understand that that does not make you a selfish person. It does not make you a self-centered person. It doesn't make you an egotistical person. This makes you just you, a priority, a and, and you need to have that priority. You do. And I do think that some people will think, well, gosh, if I'm making this all about me, I'm a selfish person. No, you're not. You, if you are happy with yourself and you're happy with the direction that you have chosen to take yourself, you're actually going to be a better person and a more open person with everybody around you. Most people that come into this with a, well, you're selfish. There are people trying to control you. There are people Agreed. trying to manipulate you. They, they fall into those three categories. They do. And very much so. You know, you, as you start to set these boundaries and those boundaries start to affect those friendships or relationships. They start to feel that they can't control you anymore, and that can scare them. It very much scares them. I really want to drive home the point to people that the only person's happiness that you are responsible for at the end of the day, this is going to freak people out. It, <laughs> it, it definitely it, is. It, it's a realization that I hit yeah. myself personally a couple of years ago. And it is that I am only responsible for my happiness. I am the only one that I can own that. Yes, and there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, even being married, at the end of the day, I can't control my husband's happiness. I can contribute to it. I can respect him and love him and do the things I need to do to make the relationship good, but I can't control whether or not he's happy. I, I just can't. This even goes through, we, we talked about this before we started, was uh, parents feeling they're ultimately responsible for their child's yeah. happiness. Yeah. At the end of the day, while you are a huge influence on the child's happiness, you are. You, you probably have one of the greatest impacts yes. on that. And, and that, I agree with that, yeah. But at the end of the day, even you cannot own that child's happiness. You can't. You and can impact it, but you can't own it. Correct. And, you know, the the metamorphosis from going from having children dependent on you to having adult children has really opened my eyes to that. I think that freaks most parents out. It really does. Um, I can't, I can love my children. I can hope that my influence on their life was good. I can hope that if they need me, I'm there for them. But ultimately, I cannot control what direction their life takes and what their happiness is. They have to control that. I can't. This is an area uh, you and I, has, we've, we've gone through these previous episodes. We talk about engaging with those you trust and those that yeah. will, will help you in this. This is one area where I'm going to say don't engage others in this process of deciding what your boundaries are. Yeah, <laughs> That's going to be tough. I, I understand that. But no one, if you engage others with this and they're the type that want to control the, the way your relationship settles, they're not going to be okay with it and they're going to discourage you from doing it. I used to engage people in this discussion. Me where too, I'd be like, to some extent. How do I find my happiness? How do I find yeah. my, you know, whatever I want to call it. 
Right. And you can't. And <laughs> to me, it was, well, I'm, I'm showing them I want them to be part of my life. I'm showing them. Right. What I was doing was giving control of these boundaries up to them exclusively. Them. And looking back, they were not helping in the process. No. They were actually just tweaking it. They were, yeah, they were making it about their part in controlling that happiness. And, and it can't be that. It has to be your control, your happiness, your your metamorphosis. There's well, the word the, I was looking for. <laughs> the three types of, you know, narcissism, manipulators, sociopaths, if they are in any way inclined to those, even if it's to a small degree, they're going to, A, test your limits. Yeah. If you try to set any limits in place, they're going to push back hard. Oh, yeah, definitely. Very, very hard on this. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. I've actually experienced that personally recently, and it's really tough, but you can do it. I, I want to stress, there are people that fall into these categories that are not bad people. It's a personality trait, and I don't want anybody to ever approach me and go, well, you said whatever it is. And, right. you know, and if you identify yourself or someone else, I'm not saying you're a bad person in that. Right. I, I'm going to go back to a previous relationship I had. Correct. And I was with someone uh, for over a year, almost a year and a half, maybe two. Hard to <laughs> think. He was not a bad person. And I still to this day do not think he's a bad person. I think he's a good person. He was part of, he had very passive aggressive tendencies. He had very right. codependent Yes, codependency. And codependency falls into mm -hmm. this a lot. And a lot of people think they have to step away. They think they have to appease the other person. And I found when I put boundaries back in place, because people came to me and went, you are not this person. I bend, I, I bend almost every personal rule, every <laughs> personality trait I had, because I thought that was happiness. Right. When you're pleasing other people and they're happy with you, you do tend to think that, oh, okay, I'm happy now too because they're happy. The relationship didn't end great at and the that's time. That's going to happen. Yeah, it's it was. I, I've had both good and bad <laughs> yeah. of that. Some some more successfully than others. Some I've maintained friendships with. Others I have not. And this is one where, uh, for a couple of years afterwards, hated my guts. I was a terrible person. Mm, that's going to happen. I, at the end of the day, I looked at myself and said. You know, there were things at the time I needed to grow up on. So did that person. Right. And I went and went through a voyage of self-discovery, <laughs> shall we say. Those are great voyages sometimes. One thing I found is when I started putting the no in place, and you have to get comfortable with saying no you when do. you put these in place. That's not easy for people. It freaked him <laughs> out. And it brought out a lot of anger. It brought out rage. It brought out behaviors that I didn't like. And yeah. at the same time, I know I would get very upset because I got used to kind of the codependency yeah. nature. And I would get upset when he told me no. And that is going to happen. Oh, it is. It, <laughs> there's going to be, it, you're going to see both sides of that. And that's really but hard. It's okay for somebody to say no. It and is. Your reaction to that is it, are you going to accept it and be okay, they yeah. said no, Yeah. or is it going to be, I'm going to destroy you? You know, am I going to hurt you? <laughs> yeah. Am I going to be looking for ways to fight back against this? Correct. It comes down to a maturity. It does. There's something to be said with maturity comes through age. Maybe it's just because you've had the opportunity to explore all the different avenues and all that kind of stuff, but it's definitely a maturity issue i i feel especially since i've been going through this a lot of my life where my reaction to somebody saying no to me has had to change because i used to hate it <laughs> i used to be like are you kidding me right now you're saying no what and i'd get upset but now i understand that they have their reasons why they said no and i need to respect those reasons going through this you and i are both empaths Yes, we, we very we much, <laughs> and, and everybody always has a different interpretation of they what do, an empath is. They do, and that's is. okay. We, you and I, 
absorb other people's energies. Uh, so much so. <laughs> and also, we are super sensitive to energies that others put off. We we are, and it can be exhausting sometimes as an empath. Beyond exhausting. Um, I mean, I just there's just days where I am just drained, and when I do a little self reflection meditation, it's like you know what? It's because I drew in some other people's energy. We put off a lot of energy. We do, and we absorb, and a, lot we of absorb a lot of energy. It's, it's a cycle. It it's it can be it can be hard. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's not an easy thing. And and I can't read minds. Just so you know, because people when you say empath, they're like, oh, can you read my thoughts? No, but I can sure feel them. We we are not <laughs> Counselor Troy off of Star Trek. We are not. I wish, man. That would, would be love, fantastic. I would love to have Deanna's powers. <laughs> I I talked about uh, some things with some coworkers recently lockdown, the quarantine, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the the self-isolation, the social distancing, whatever should we're practicing. should probably be called physical distancing, but It, you it know. really should. It's a more <laughs> I don't understand the social part, but okay. <laughs> I, I'm just as social as ever, but... Me too. I was talking with these coworkers and I made a comment of, I said, well, I'm doing well, and part of it's because I'm so introverted mm. that we deal with this better than people who are super extroverted. A lot of truth to that. And they laughed at me and they went, you are not an introvert. And I said, actually, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. I found a term recently that is a good description. I was listening to a podcast with Adam Grant, who is a fantastic social psychologist. He has great, great TED Talks and things out there, wrote several books. And he came, I, I came across the term amnivert or Am, amnivert, like ambidextrous. Yes. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking I about. Where I actually have more introvert tendencies mm-hmm. than I have extrovert. I can be very extroverted when I need, need to, be. to be. Right. That's need me. Need to be. <laughs> need. Yeah. And, and to a degree when I want to be. But other than that, when I need to or when I feel I have to be, I am very introverted. I love to come home. I love to have my home environment. I hang out with my dogs. I work on projects here in my house. Yep. Or creative projects, whatever that is, I find you to be the same way. Oh, very much so. I would rather be home doing something, be in my home environment, honestly, than going out to dinner, doing all that stuff. Like I'd rather just order in, be home. I am very introverted. And I know people are surprised by that because I don't come across that way. When when we hop into a chat room during bash music. Yeah. So I don't think it is a matter of you're one or the other. There's truth I, to that. I yeah. had never heard that term before to describe someone. I've always just heard it, you know, there's always <laughs> bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. To a degree. But we things are never just black and white. They're not. I, it makes me laugh when you take like a personality test. Oh, you are this. No, you have tendencies. No, I'm tendencies not. I have tendencies that. that direction, but I can be both, yeah. you know. How to recognize if you don't have good personal boundaries. Okay. So kind of going through this process. Yeah. And first one that, first question I think people should answer is, do you give up too much of yourself or of your own time to others? There's a lot of truth to that. I'll go into relationship boundaries. Um, Are you finding time for yourself in a relationship? Do you have an identity away from your significant other? Is, Is all your time and energy about cooking and cleaning and pleasing them and making them happy. Are you taking time for yourself in that? My husband gives me an hour every evening where I don't have to worry about anything. I go meditate. I listen to music. I take a bath. I spend time to myself, give myself that time and energy. And I didn't used to do that. I used to be the pleaser. And I used to be the person who No, I need to just make sure everyone else is happy and settled and then I'll be okay. I learned that it's not selfish for me to take time for myself. Next question, are you feeling guilty for keeping time for yourself or doing things for yourself? Kind of the flip side of that first question. Yeah, exactly. I used to feel extremely guilty when I would do things for myself, but a large part of that was I would have people in my life that would tell me, you are being selfish. And you're, so you'd be like, oh, okay, I'll, you know, <laughs> figure that out. But you, you, it's okay to be a little bit selfish about who you need to be and what you need for you. Both of those lead into my next one of, do you feel like you're being taken advantage of on a regular basis? Yeah. And there's some relationships that I can honestly say 
still do that to some extent in my life. And those are changes and adjustments I need to make. I think you and I both, as we go through this and the feedback that we've been getting Mm -hmm. is a lot of people are kind of going, I don't like to, I don't know if I want to think about it. I (laughs) I almost feel guilty for thinking about it Mm -hmm. themselves. And I'm, I'm enjoying it. I know others have commented back to us. Yes. I, I've had a couple of comments from others <laughs> uh, in personal conversations. And if you want to interact with us in a group setting or more more just one-on-one personal yeah. through, you know, email, social media, text messages, yeah. I've been getting several of those. You can, you can message us on Instagram personally, Facebook, all of those places. But as I go through this... The, the feeling taken advantage of mm-hmm. is is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. I had relationships with family members, immediate mm-hmm. family members, that if I ever said no to something or if I ever did something for myself, the immediate feedback was, you're being selfish. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> no, I'm really not. <laughs> I, I'm like, why, why is that selfish? Why is doing X thing being mm-hmm. selfish it's you know i don't know i'm going to kind of go back to the relationship because i feel like that's one most people can relate to more than career or peer in a relationship <laughs> you wanting time away from your spouse is healthy okay i'm going to tell you that right now if you are so codependent on your spouse that you cannot allow them time to themselves you definitely need to start setting some boundaries i I have been in relationships where the the one I mentioned earlier yeah. was if he was not at work, then we needed to be together doing something. And I know many people that are that way to the extent of they have to be tagging each other in their posts on social media or they can't they like they cannot have an identity. I, I am doing X with, with so and so and that person. And okay, if that makes you happy, truly happy. I'm going to, if that makes you truly happy, okay, you know, great. But ask yourself, do you feel like you have to do that to make that person happy? Do you feel like you can't have an identity? Because I can tell you right now, me and my spouse are friends on Facebook. We tag each other occasionally, but I don't tag him in everything I do. In fact, we don't interact on social media all that much because we don't have to. We both respect, we have different opinions different things we want to say, different things we want to do. And that's okay. It is okay. You can't, if Chris will come to me and say, hey, I want to go bike riding with my friends. Are you okay with that? Well, first off, you don't have to check with me. Thank you for including me in the discussion. But absolutely, if you need time to yourself to go spend time, go. It's fine. When I have someone demand to know where I'm at all the time. Right. It builds a lot of resentment in me. In me too. I start to feel like, why don't you trust me? Right. Do, is there the adage that if I have a conversation on the phone or text someone or do something and it doesn't include the other person, then suddenly I can't be trusted and... I don't love them and I don't care about them. And why would I, why wouldn't I want to include them? Because you know what? Sometimes I just have to have things that are just me and personal. Not only that, I think it comes down to a confidence that you have with that other person. Right. There will be some things that I could discuss with a significant other that it would be, oh, this happened. Right. But I go back and I kind of examine things and I think, should I have shared that? Because I've also had that significant other Mm -hmm. say something in front of the other person and then it's kind of like did you really tell them that (laughs) and it was we've all been there it was a betrayed confidence yes and i guess the 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 biggest point is is you do have to set boundaries even in your most serious relationships which you know marriage i've been married almost 32 years and it took both of us a long... Well, you were, you were both, you know, you were a child bride <laughs> we, and he I, was a we, child. We were, we were child parents <laughs> and, and got married really young. But in, in the evolution of our marriage, which what has made it successful is setting boundaries with each other and knowing that it's okay to have those boundaries. And it doesn't mean I don't love him and it doesn't mean he doesn't love me. Understanding that when you prioritize happiness of yourself 
Mm -hmm. It's not diminishing or taking away happiness from someone else. Right. If that does cause that, I would suggest that you need to evaluate the relationship Correct. in that. Now, you and I are not therapists. We, no, are, we not are not and we're not trying to be <laughs> in this. We're just sharing experiences and things we've we've found. Right. These are just what work for us in our lives and personal things. You're having a conversation with me and Ian. And this is what we want to kind of put out there for people. So, so let's let's look at this kind of as, as a process. Okay, yeah. So step one, you need to look at what are your values, what are areas that you want to have as these. And I think an important caveat is to kind of go one by one. Right. Don't You Agreed. don't have to swallow this whole thing <laughs> at once. Don't go sit boundaries for every relationship in your life. <laughs> last last week we we mentioned that you have to go through and uh, I I mentioned, you know, kind of putting everything out there in a mm-hmm. list. Yeah. And I I'm still actually creating my list. It's been a week. I'm I'm, I'm still, still working on mine. Looking yeah. Through I, mine. I was going to share it, but a part of it's kind of personal. Yeah. So, I'm going to share some ideas. Because I we think said we can we share, share parts of it. Parts of it, yeah. Because um, some of it's very personal, and that's okay. It's going to be. It should be. It should be. If you're, again, creating goals and lists to impress other people, that's not going to work. Making time for this. So I, I'm going to use an example of my personal time. So one okay. of my boundaries is that this could kind of go in the, the personal slash career yeah. category. But I have three distinct areas of value or goal in my life. Mm-hmm. One is my school time. Yeah. I started only working on my degree a couple of years ago. The time I put aside to that is very, very important to me. Yeah. One, I want to get maximum value out of it. Two, I really want to understand what I'm learning because mm-hmm. I'm picking, I'm being very meticulous in the classes that I take. Yes. Because I'm like, if this isn't going to bring value to me, I mean, and your generals, po- yeah. you have to take your you generals, do. whatever. You have to. <laughs> but I still look for generals that I can use That'll create some sort of application. Right. Is I go through even this summer. I mean, it's going to be a very busy summer because now I actually have more options than I've ever had (laughs) now that I'm getting in those upper division classes. And with the whole online school thing still being enforced this summer, 100%. Oh, yeah. University of Utah is doing a great job of making classes available to students. And that's great. I've shared that list Mm -hmm. with you. You have. I'm, I'm like... I want to take them all. And I'm like, but be realistic. I have work that I still have to do, right. sadly. I have this, which is a priority to me as well. Yes. And school, I'm going to go through and pick. I'm still going to be very busy, but I, I've got it whittled down, I think. So <laughs> Good for you. That's, that's one area that I don't budge on. And that's, that's good that you've made that commitment that that's an area you're not willing to give on. I have a lot of friends that'll be like, oh, well, you know, you could put that off. C's get degrees. And I'm like, they do, but I value more than a C. Right. And that's okay. That's what you should do. I see a lot of that in you, too, (laughs) because I know you're approaching the the student thing as well. I am. I'm doing all these prep courses and prep stuff before I even enroll in college because it's important to me that I hit the ground running and that I don't waste my time taking classes over and over and over again. That I don't need to. So yes, I had a manager is. that he would take 18, 20. There was one semester he took 22 credits. Ugh. And he put in, on average, 60 to 70 hours a week at work. Wow. And he'd come in next day tired all the time. Oh, I bet. Exhausted. And his approach was, well, I'll just keep taking the class until I get a passing grade. Yeah, see. And I was like, that's a waste of money. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> that's not I, I, I want to be one and done and move mm-hmm. on to the next thing. Value, one, school, two, having time for myself, understanding that I mm-hmm. am an introvert. I need to separate myself from others. Right. And I think you share this one. It's funny how much overlap we have in <laughs> We this. do. I definitely need that time. It's how I recharge because... Like we've discussed as empaths, it can be very, very emotionally exhausting sometimes. And being the introvert, I need that time to myself, that just me time. I mean, there's just so much. I could go on and on about me time and how important it is to put it in your life. 
What what do you do for your me time? My me time is honestly, it, it, it depends on the, the day or the week okay. and what my goals are. A, a really basic one is I go spend an hour by myself up in my room. I lock the door. I shut my phone off. I shut everybody out. I'll either take a hot jetted bath. I'll lay on the bed and listen to music. I'll meditate. I'll read. I'll do stuff like that. That's just me. Everybody else is away. Nobody else. And my family has always been great at giving it to me. There won't be knocks on the door. Mom, I need this. Or mom, this. It's like, nope, she's she's up. We call it my bath time, but I don't always take a bath. <laughs> um, it's just me time. Um, then there's other times where it can just be some simply meditating, staying in, saying no, not going out with friends, even though it's great to see friends and I adore my friends, but sometimes I just need a night in with my husband. I am the same way. I had friends that pushed me for a long time to, oh, you have to go out. You have to yeah. come down here. You have to go. And A, it's expensive. B, it's exhausting. It's extremely I'm exhausting. I'm like, at the end of the day, <laughs> I need time to just sit down. Mm -hmm. And people make fun of me for it. They they laugh. They know it's true, though, <laughs> is I come home, I take the dogs outside, we play fetch. Well, mm -hmm. one of them does. <laughs> Co Coda loves to play fetch. Sika just <laughs> stares at me and wants to be petted. So two very distinct different personalities there. <laughs> but I just hang out with them, uh, maybe pop in a game into my Xbox, play that for yeah. 20, 30 minutes. Cooking is a big way that I spend just time. I do like time. to cook. Creative time. Yep. One of the biggest things that was kind of a game changer for me. And I've mentioned the book uh, before, but Manoush Zimarodi wrote a book called Bored and Brilliant. Mm -hmm. And it talks about your dependency on your cell phones. Oh yeah, definitely. And how we <laughs> have to have them within arm's reach. And I started coming home and actually I, I embraced her challenge of you shut your phone off, mm -hmm. you put it on silent. If you have a watch or whatever it is connected to it, you silence that too. Yeah. And you just take time to slow down and daydream oh yeah like with me even just spending time on the couch phone off sitting over on the little coffee table watching a show with uh, my husband chris or my daughter marissa or my son aiden and we just sit and we don't do anything but sit and spend time just being quiet and electronics off there's just something to be said for that it's freeing it's hard but it's freeing when you do it and then a third one that I have, and you and I, it's funny, we overlap in a lot <laughs> of ways, is developing myself in certain areas. So like mm -hmm. right now, I'm learning skills about how to get this podcast out yes. and done. And each week I get a little better. Yeah, and, and you have. And I've been in that regard working on how to best put this out there on social media to get people to share it. interested, share it, what works, what doesn't work, advertising. We're both working, but I love it. Like I love every second well, of it's it. A it's, passion. It's, it's a passion and it's something for me. Is, is there something else that you are doing that you uh, are engaging with? A another area of priority? Maybe. Um, well, honestly, school is, is huge. Um, I didn't think I was ever going to go back to school. Um, I, I, I think most of us think that. You know, and then there's that goes through your head. I'm I'm 50 years old. Do I really want to be going to college with people that are younger and been, you know, I feel like. It's an interesting experience. It can be. and But I'm actually finding myself excited about it. The more I explore it, the more I decided that, you know what, I'm doing it for me. I have I'm not to laugh doing it. <laughs> because professors will often sit there and because they know you're older, mm -hmm. they can relate to you more. You can talk about life experience. I believe that, yeah. They ask about it a lot. <laughs> and well, it's life... funny because you have the young kids that go, oh, brown noser. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not brown nosing. It's, it's just life experience. It's connection Correct. with people. And I'm actually doing it for me at this point because I did give it up. To stay home. I don't regret it. I don't regret staying home with my kids and supporting Chris and getting his degree and career going and making our family life work. I, I don't regret any of that. It was a choice I made. But somehow in my head, I had said to myself that because I gave it up early, I couldn't do it later. And nah, I can still do it. I'm doing it for me to show me that I can do it. I was looking through because they had to do an online commencement. 
mm-hmm. for University oh, yeah. of Utah. And they they shared a lot of stats. Mm. So how many degrees, you know, bachelors <laughs> versus masters versus doctorates. And they were also sharing age ranges, which was kind of an interesting thing. Well, I bet that was interesting, thing. yeah. There was as young as 18 and 19 years old getting degrees. Wow. I was like, That's God, impressive. I wish I was that smart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as old as, and there were people in their 70s getting That's degrees, so which great. to me is fantastic. That's awesome. I love it. Lifelong learner. Oh, yeah. I, I appreciate that in people. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot to be said for, and those are just my my personal, it, it extends to those boundaries, peer boundaries, friendship boundaries. You know, it's okay to say no not go out to dinner. Does that mean you're not going to be as good of friends? It shouldn't. No. And if it does, then you need to evaluate that friendship. Is your friendship dependent on going out to dinner and spending a ton of time together? Or can you just pick up where you left off the next time you see each other? So this becomes not being in an unhealthy or one-sided relationship. Correct. Friendship, Mm-hmm. relationship, whatever you want to call it. Next thing, don't spend time with those. I If they drain your energy, yeah. that's a big red flag and clue right there. It should be. We don't always pick up on that. I think we're kind of programmed as a society to ignore it. We are. I had changed a lot of relationships in my life that were just too exhausting. It doesn't mean I didn't like the person and, you know, they may be listening to this now. I don't know. But... At some point, you just have to evaluate that and the value you're getting out of that relationship. And thinking about it in the context of, are these boundaries going to make me happy? Yeah. And, and we get hesitant because if it makes me happy, is it going to make somebody else Correct. happy? And that we become really very scared of that. Insecure. Yeah. And if, that, if that's the case, it is time. Mm-hmm. I, I can vouch for it personally. It is. That it's okay to let it go. It is. You can revisit it later, mm-hmm. but there comes a point where you need to cut that off. And yes. then uh, what am I okay with and what am I not okay with? Agreed. I feel like I can, this might be a little off, but segue into into career relationships to some mm-hmm. extent. You can be really good friends with people at work, but that does not mean you have to be friends with them outside of work. Oh, 100%. There's, you can be a coworker and you mm-hmm. can be a friend and those can be different pools. Now, can you overlap them? Sure. Absolutely, if that works for you. But you don't have to, I guess, is... I I have pretty I hard going. rules of... I, I don't mind people as much following me on social media more as I used to. Right, me neither. Anymore, I'm kind of like... I also have scaled back what I put on there, understanding mm-hmm. what do I want to put out for the world the universe yeah. to see. Mm-hmm understanding that there's there is an okay divide there will be a little bit of overlap in certain areas correct and i'm okay with people knowing certain things but Mm -hmm. there's certain things i don't want them to know no and that's okay it's okay to keep your relationship with people it doesn't mean you're not great friends at work and you're not best friends at work but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to go over into your personal life and that's a boundary you choose to set a hard and fast rule i have is if somebody is my supervisor manager mm-hmm. you know, i do not add them on social media you know that was a hard one being a manager for a big box retailer associates would come to me and they'd want to talk to me about personal things and you know, hey, maybe we could hang out after work and go get a bite to eat. I had to set those boundaries. Whereas, you know what, when I'm at work, if you want to come talk to me, I will listen. I will be there for you. I will try to empathize with what you need, but I cannot be your friend outside of work because I can't be an effective boss if I'm worried that I'm going to upset you if I have to chastise you for something or fire you or write you up, you have to set those hardcore boundaries. I 100% agree. Kind of going into a step two mm-hmm. of this. So we've yeah. talked about what, what are the values and areas you want to have these in. Second thing is what is the situation? Looking at the situation saying this is where I want to be in that area and understand you are where you are what your values are in terms mm-hmm. of you and only you. Again, taking everybody Take, else yeah, you, it, out of this it. This has to be a very, very personal, just you journey. It really does. And then step three, stand your ground. Oh, that's this so hard. Is, <laughs> I would say this is one of the toughest. I think defining it is easier than enforcing it. It is. Agreed. Because you're going to have people that push back. 
Well, they are. And they're people that you have felt you have needed in your life all this time. And all of a sudden they're hurt or they're upset or they're not happy with the decisions you're making and they start to take it personally and you start to think, okay, fine. You know, let's just go back to how things were. You can't. I have experienced where I've I've kind of wavered. Yeah, me too. And it does not serve me (laughs) well. It doesn't. Going back and trying to put that boundary in place caused a bigger problem Mm -hmm. and rift than if I would have just stuck to it initially. It's true. All areas of your life, this can be applied to. This is not just relationship, career, peer. This is every relationship, every interaction, I guess, would be a good way to put that. Because once you start to, it's like having a wall. And once you start to let the wall crumble a little bit, it's easier and easier and easier to watch it deteriorate to the point where it doesn't even matter that you built that wall. I have had people come back when I have started enforcing boundaries and go, Mm -hmm. you're an asshole for this. And I'm like, you know what? No, Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm being respectful of me. And I was hoping (laughs) you would be okay with that. Right. And I'm very sorry you're not, but this is who I, what I need to do and who I need to be. And they'll either join you or they won't. And that's where you have to come to the mindset that it's okay if you lose that interaction or relationship, because sometimes it can mean that. It gets very hurtful when you do that the first couple of times. It does. I, again, maturity, it is. age, there's, whatever it is. There's a maturity I level there for sure. Become okay with it. Mm-hmm, me too. And at first people were like, wow, that's really cold. And I'm like, no, Is it though? Really. I mean, you know, it's not. I feel like it's just very much I grew up and I realized that this is what I need. <laughs> and... Ultimately, so, you're happier. It's it's okay to say no. Yes, And it is. we have to become fantastic at doing it. And that doesn't, again, mean you're a bad person. No, it doesn't. It puts you back in control of your life. Mm-hmm. You become the driver of your life, yeah. your destiny, whatever word you want to associate Correct. with that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot that you could do there. but And setting these limits, evaluating why are we doing it. Yeah. And I think understanding that it really is for your happiness. And it truly is. It's it okay for you to be like happy. It, it is. You, and you don't have to be unhappy. No. You you can be happy and, okay, what do you mean by that? Your happiness is not required. Correct. Uh, you know, for somebody else as well Correct. as theirs is not required for you to be happy. Your, happiness, inter- your happiness should not be defined by someone else's happiness. Correct. And that's a very hard thing to come to, especially I'm going to relate it to marriage. If my spouse isn't happy, then am I the reason? And do I need to change? Or, hey, my spouse isn't happy. I'm doing what I need to do. We're respecting each other's boundaries. They have to figure that out for themselves, what's going to make them happy. I might not be up okay with the decision they make, but I have to respect that it's theirs to make and I can't impact that. I took a class last year, maybe two years at this point. They all blend together. <laughs> but it was conflict and diversity. Fantastic class. I oh, had I've amazing... actually done an online little seminar with that, yeah. And the, the professor with that, one of our last assignments we had to do was we had to share where we had gotten into a conflict with someone, how we resolved it, and worked mm-hmm. through a process oh, that yeah, we've been see, learning I did about. Similar. And I shared one that I... My mother. Yeah. Her and I, we've we've had our ups and downs throughout the years, and we had been pretty close for quite a while. We got to a point where my partner at the time had did drag on rare occasions, super rare occasions. Very rare. Like I, I, two or three times a year. I know who you're talking about. Yes. You're right. It was very rare. My mom didn't know this, found out about it, got very upset about mm, it. I remember and this. it was because... One of my siblings, Mm. who is very religious, came back and really made a huge deal out of it. Well, if my kids found out about this, it would make them a terrible person. And I came back and I said, no, this has nothing to do with your kids. And even if they did find out, the fact of the matter is it happens in the world. It happens more every day than what people want to admit to. He did it because it made him happy. And I'm like, so who are you to say what makes him happy is wrong? Exactly. And it, you know, it caused a huge rift. 
it got into a huge fight. Mm-hmm. I was told by multiple members of my family I was a horrible person <sighs> because I finally called him out and said, look, here's the deal. You can either say, okay, this is a part of life I don't like and be okay with me as a person, or yeah. if you're going to draw this distinct line in the sand and say there, you cannot, it got as bad as they said, you can't be with this person or you're not part of our family. And see, You're not allowed to come back. Yeah. Said, you know what? Fine. I'm not going to be around you. I'm not going to engage with you. And I I tried to extend small branches every couple months. Yeah. And say, you know, can we talk about this? Well, are you still? Yes, I am with this person. Well, then no. You already know. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you know what? Then live with that decision. And I get people that are like, you know, do you you talk to your family anymore over this? And I tell people, no, I don't. A, they've got my number. I talked about it with my professor. She wrote me and she she goes, this story really made an impact on me. She goes, you actually, my, my first knee-jerk reaction was, well, you can't cut your family off. And she goes, but I saw you approached it from a, okay, you want to approach this from a religious perspective. Right. And you have certain values. Right. And just because your value is you should love and accept everyone as they are, she goes, that's actually a better value than excluding somebody because of a yeah, religious view. I agree with that. And she goes, it makes me very sad and that it they feel sad. that way. And she was the sweetest lady. I, I wrote it uh, Thanksgiving. It's been a year and a half now, I guess. And she goes, if you don't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving, you're not talking <laughs> to your family. She goes, here's my number and here's my address. You are welcome to come over to my house and have the holidays with my family. Yeah. And I mean, I was like, for a college professor to do that. That's amazing. I Kudos. Yeah. Jody, if you ever listen <laughs> to this, it, it made a big impact. Thanksgiving is my jam. Oh, yeah, so I, love it I, too. I cook a ton of food. I, you so know, freeze do I. It. Way more we than I need do. to. <laughs> and I, I will eat that stuff for weeks. Oh, yeah. I, I'll just pull the a couple out. The leftovers are the best part. They really are. <laughs> And I, I told her, I said, I actually, I do an orphan's Thanksgiving. So yeah, that's if anybody doesn't have somewhere to go, I invite them to my house. And I've had many friends over the years spend Thanksgiving with me. And I do the same because I just, nobody should be alone. But, no. but you know, that, that I remember going through that with you, with your family and just how painful a process it was. But you set that boundary and you stuck to it and you had to. And I think people need to understand is... We are going to disagree inherently Agreed. on boundaries mm-hmm. with others, but can you be respectful? Absolutely. Can you say, you know what, I don't agree with this, but I'm going to respect it? Right, and I'm going to try to help you with that boundary. I'm going to do my part to help you set the boundary you feel you need to set right now, and it doesn't have to be hurt feelings and stuff like that. That's not an easy thing to come to. Oh my gosh, I railed against it when first few weeks that my mom said that I need six months. I hated it. But eventually I just got quiet and just respected that that's what she needed. So. When you look at these boundaries Mm -hmm. and you have to say, okay, what are my boundaries? You need to identify three key areas. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, minimum. minimum, but, but yeah. I would only focus on one, one, <laughs> yeah, one or two at don't, a time. Don't overwhelm yourself with this. To me, it's been a very long meandering process over the last mm-hmm. few years. As I indicated, my I was one where whatever my family needed, bam, I was there because yeah. it was a family, and that's what you do. That's what you do, yep. But I have found greater peace by mm-hmm. separating myself away from it. You can find. I, there is something to be said for the peace that comes with understanding that these these are the boundaries you need. These are the boundaries they need. And we're both going to just respect it and move forward. If it's together, great. If it's not, okay. You have I to find that piece. I've had some siblings reach out and we have agreed to disagree. We've been right. respectful. We understand there mm-hmm. are certain things we do and we don't talk about. And those agreed. have become I'm there. boundaries. I'm there, yeah. And others don't. And it's, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I approach it from the, well, who are you to tell me I'm wrong? Right. Yeah, it's hard. Now, is there areas of growth for everybody? Sure. Mm-hmm. I have kind of moved past it. I've made peace with it. Yeah. I and... have other family members that know if I just don't talk about certain things, then we're fine. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And so I'm we kind of have that. <laughs> and I don't think that's being 
duplicitous. I don't, I don't think, think so either. I think that's just respecting that there's, you're still trying to have the relationship, but respecting there's just certain lines you can't cross or it's just going to get ugly again. Mm-hmm. And why, yeah. why engage in the energy? Yeah, exactly. Why waste it? So let's throw out this week's challenge. Okay. So step <laughs> one, identify areas that you want to have boundaries in. Yep. And don't try to tackle the mountain all at once. Oh, please don't. <laughs> it, it, you Could you? Sure. But we want you to be successful, so I'm going to encourage one or two areas. Yeah, and ask yourself maybe a good starting point for that would be which which relationship, which boundaries are that I don't have are exhausting me the most right now, which are taking the most of my energy, and maybe start there. Mm-hmm. And then move into what are my rules? What what are the ground rules? What are the rules of engagement I want to have? Yeah. What are the boundaries I would like to enforce that would be beneficial for me? Exactly. That might sound selfish, but that's how you have to approach this. And we've talked. It's not <laughs> selfish. It's not at all. And then start to, I again, writing them down. We're, yeah. We're huge proponents There's something of that. about that. Yeah. If Write them down and say, these are my boundaries. And then the last step, start doing it. Start to enforce it. That's a tough one. And but understand when you get there, you'll get pushback. You are. You're going to get pushed back, and that's okay. Just understand that going in, and it's going to make you feel like you're making a mistake, but you're not. And being okay with not only saying no, if people really keep pushing and testing, yeah, to me that's a red flag. It is. It, it At that point, you need to evaluate why. And maybe at some point, which we're going to talk about later, remove that obstacle from your life. So. It, identifying is mm-hmm. this relationship truly a relationship uh, that's healthy or unhealthy yeah. and I'm going to lean towards unhealthy in that case I would agree with you and understand that you can always come back and revisit it oh yeah for sure I have had friendships go in and out phase in mm-hmm. and out yeah but at the end of the day sometimes they'll come back around and that's fantastic and sometimes other they times won't. you'll let them go yep I'm there's definitely a lot of relationships in my life that way. And that's okay. So that's this week's challenge. We appreciate you listening. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Next week it is. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.